Steve Adubato, Lessons in Leadership, right here on News 12 Plus every Sunday morning at 10 and on a million other, well, not a million, half a million other platforms. Mary Gamma, my co-anchor and executive producer. By the way, Mary, where can people see us? They can find us right here on News 12 Plus if you're watching us here uh, at the moment this Sunday, a beautiful Sunday at 10 a.m. And then also uh, as a podcast on Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can go to our website, stand-deliver.com. Uh, where you can find links to all the different places to watch us. By the way, I love how Mary says it's a beautiful Sunday. We're taping in, in mid-late September. <laughs> I knew you were going to call me out on that. On. It's probably if snowing. It's <laughs> if it's raining today, and Mary Gamba said it, I'm calling well, I have to say, I, I fake follow news. I follow a lot of, of very motivational people on Twitter. And this morning, one guy literally wrote, I woke up today, I'm breathing, it's a great day. And I, I said, how could you, you know, so any day is a great day, obviously, even if it's raining. I agree. And by the way, uh, let's welcome Bob Wolf, who is a college and career skills coach. Uh, Bob, thank you for joining us, buddy. It's my pleasure. And Friday, listening to you banter a little bit with Mary, I just sometimes I'm not even sure what day it is when I wake up in the morning. I just know it's a day. It's a day. Yes. And, you, and you see the chemistry between us, right? <laughs> chemistry is very, very important in what we do in life. It is. And by the way, speaking of chemistry, a great friend, a colleague in the media, Frank Morano over at 77. WABC. Uh, they're one of our radio partners. We do a lot of work with them. Frank, by the way, how did Frank bring us together? Everyone, everyone who loves lessons in leadership says, I have a great leadership coach. I have somebody who's a great leader. When Frank has a great batting record when he recommends people, how do you guys know each other? We have a mutual friend. And I, my mutual friend is I've known for 35 years. And this gentleman uh, worked with me when we started a St. Patrick's Parade in Rockville Center to raise money for different charities. And um, Gary introduced me to Frank and Frank and I met and he said, come into the city at two o'clock one morning. I said, okay. He said, are you sure? I said, absolutely. And that began an interesting, I'll call it a friendship because we've, we've, we've done five shows together and, um, I'm greatly appreciative of Frank's time and his endorsement. By the way, we want to make it clear. The reason at two in the morning is that Frank does an overnight show on WABC. And, uh, <laughs> and I want to be clear, Bob, Steve does not join Frank at two in the morning. He does a pre-tape at about 10, 10? 15 in the evening. <laughs> I'm, Frank goes, Steve, could you join me at 3.15 a.m.? I go, Frank, I love you, but be serious. So we pre-tape. I'm going to, Full disclosure. Hey, Bob, tell folks what it means to be a college and career skills coach because Mary has a 19-year-old, if I'm not mistaken, right now with Will, Correct. who's over at Michigan State. We have a son over at Fordham, another son who's about to go into college. They're all different. What the heck kind of skills do they need to have to succeed in college and beyond? Well, I started this 21 years ago because I knew as I was helping young men out and young women out at a gym that had graduated from college, they couldn't get interviews, they couldn't get jobs, they didn't know what to do, they were sending resumes, no one got back to them. So I just went ahead and explained to each one of them the things that had helped me in my life because I've had a very, very eclectic career path. And the things that had helped me went out and actually helped them. The first young person I helped wanted to be an art teacher at a college and he didn't know what to do. I said, you gotta go sell yourself, walk into the college and introduce yourself to the department head. He said, but I don't know, I don't know those people. I said, you never will unless you go meet them. So he did and ironically they offered him a job. So his very first interview they brought him back in again. So the skills that I coach and teach and exhibit and model are the most basic skills that we will all use every single day, no matter what kind of work we do and job we have. Mary, jump in. 
Yeah. And Bob, so you have a background, I know, in sales and marketing. How much of that, you know, we are selling ourselves, right? We are marketing ourselves. And, and for me, having a 19-year-old, it took me a long time to get him out of the athletic wear. Sorry, Will, but wearing Under Armour <laughs> t-shirts and shorts is not a great first impression. And finally, he elevated. But how much of that background really inspired you to help these young adults? And, and just a quick follow-up to that. I know, Steve, you said I never asked a two-part question, but what is the one biggest tip for any student coming out? I know it's a loaded question. Coming out of college, besides walking in, but with that executive presence going hand in hand? Well, that's a multi-part question, but I'll answer it in, in the best way I can simply. Uh, number one, the number one resource in any person's life today is people, period, end of story. And we don't tell them that early. There are four resources we discuss with kids in school, academics, education, technology, experience, and people. People should be at the top of the list because it's the only thing that's the same in every kind of job they have and work they do. And as well, far as mean, my Bob? background, pardon Bob, me. I'm sorry for interrupting. When you say people are a resource, some people, and our business is based on relationships. We're talking about great Frank Morano and the other folks at the radio station. They're relationships, they're people. There's trust, there's history, there's experiences together. But how the heck do you tell a young person that people are resources? Because it, sound, it may sound to them like, oh, you mean using people? That's a great question. Well, the very interesting point is, I have to say this much, in addition to what I coach and teach and explain and demonstrate, I have to define terminology because today's students do not understand basic terminology that you and I and Mary and Elvin understand. We've been taught what a resource is and they don't know that. They also don't know the meaning of the word business or career. So I have to define terminology that they hear and they will not admit that they don't know. So they become ignorant as they move. For me, people is a simple answer. I'm an acronym freak. I've got about 92 acronyms I've created. And the one for people is the one they immediately understand when they see it and hear it. People means present exciting opportunities plus learning experiences. Everything we've done in our life, for me personally, Mary, to your question about marketing, everything I've learned in my life has been because people saw things in me, gave me opportunities, challenges, and made me believe in myself and my passion for what I do is conveyed to these kids. I learned a long time ago as a gray head walking into a classroom of young people that don't know me from hole in the wall. If they believe what I'm saying and they see I'm sincere and I'm honest and what I say to them makes sense, they listen, they pay attention and they remember. So it's as simple as that. I wanna follow up on that. By the way, we'll put up our website and all the other information. Also make sure we put up information as to how people can get Bob, connect with Bob Wolf and find out more about his work. Hey, Bob, I've got this thing where I'm convinced that any success I've, and, and this isn't about me, but any success I've had in my career has largely been about not just hard work and building a great team and having people, partners, colleagues like Mary and our great team, like um, Elvin and Scarlett and Frank and Sylvester and everyone else on the team. Um, but it's this, it's uh, resilience. I mean, I've, was elected to the state legislature at 25 and lost my seat at 27. I got fired from NBC after getting a great contract there in 2007 working at MSNBC. That's one of six networks that let me go, told me, yeah, you're not what we're looking for. And a million other failures, not to mention uh, was not the superstar I thought I should have been in high school as an athlete. Why do I say that? Because persistence, resilience, not giving up, and dealing with rejection point here, question I promised, is I'm not convinced younger people 
I hate to go old school here, are not as resilient as some of us. I mean, it's not about me. It's just getting kicked in the butt and knocked down as part of it, no? Well, I, I, what you've just said um, reflects and mirrors my career path exactly. Um, I won't get into all the details from the, stamp, from the standpoint of time, but in addition to the acronyms, I have created some concepts and some theories that these kids absolutely understand. And the one concept is ARC, adaptable, resilient, and confident. And if you are not those three things in life, you will have an extremely difficult time getting people's support in anything you do. Say it again. Um, adaptable, resilient, confident. It's called ARC. It's my ARC concept of what your life will be like today as a young person. And the other point is, let me just go add to a little bit of what you said. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, today's youth are going to have 12 to 15 jobs during their career. I've had 13 jobs in my career. And over the years, speaking to high school, colleges, graduate students, and middle school students, I've had the question asked of me many times, Bob, you've had 13 jobs and you think you're successful? And they ask it just that way. And I walk up to them and I give them a fist bump or a shake, I like to shake hands. And I say, absolutely. And they say, why? I said, because I've learned something from every single one of them. And I've learned to pick myself up and dust myself off and start all over again. But only because people were there for me to pick myself up and dust myself wow. off and put my hand out to and say, please help me, I'm struggling. And kids don't know how to ask for help today. They don't wanna show insecurity. And by the way, Mary, and see with younger children, the anxiety, stress, and, 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 and depression that they have, let alone the suicide rate, which we see going off the charts today in young teenagers, brings me to a passion point where I feel education is failing tremendously, adapting kids to go from academics to employment, from school to business. I'm trying to build a bridge with one beam at a time, and people like Frank Morano and Gary Krupp and others have said to me, don't give up. You're a little bit ahead of the time, but your message is essentially important. You make a difference. Mary, final question. Yeah, definitely. And just having a young, you know, you talk about the depression. How can we and parents who are watching today, how can parents get that message to their child that it is okay to ask for help? I know you said they need to, but you could say it a million times. What advice do you have for parents whose children are struggling, maybe the first time going off at college or lonely? What advice do you have? Well, the advice I have would be one that was given on my website by a teacher, a business teacher I met almost 25 years ago. And what he says on the website, and this is not my words because I, I have a difficult time promoting who I am. But when Reed said, kids listen differently to what Bob says, we, he says the same thing parents do, but they listen differently to him. We have two sons, Mary, and uh, the sons that we have listen to mom and dad and I'm a pretty confident, positive guy, and I can be a little aggressive sometimes. How but dare when you? Coach, <laughs> when a coach says it or another teacher says it, they pay attention. Yeah. So I bring in a different dimension, but nothing yeah. that I say is what any good parent would not say and doesn't say every day. Okay. You know, but Bob just said, Mary, as we, we, we leave this segment, first of all, Bob, thank you so much. You helped a lot of people right now, not just young people, but parents as well. But Bob just said, I'm, think about this. We do this leadership show, all these books in, all the teaching, coaching, blah, 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 blah. When I start talking to our kids about confidence, and I told our son, Chris, it's important you speak publicly and more clearly and more confidently. They look at me like, I'm not in one of your seminars, dad. 
I'm like, I'm giving you these gems. Bob's right. Who the messenger is, is at least as important as what the message is. More important, more important than you just said, Steve, because I walk into a room and somebody asked me the other day, a teacher said to me, so what do you do that makes the kids want to listen to you when you walk into a room? I said, I do one thing. They said, what's your process? I said, simple. I don't open my mouth and say a word. I walk up to every student. I shake their hand. I say, good morning. And I walk around the room and do that to every person. And I've done it for 21 years. And the, the feedback I get from them in writing is things like, you made me feel important. It showed me that you cared about me. And I thought, oh my gosh, I did a simple thing like that. So I'm a gray head guy, but I'm old. And I tell old means open life's doors. I'm just going to share the things with you that have helped open doors for me in my life. And I wish we had more time because your stories, my stories, Mary's stories, when they're told the right way, kids believe them and accept them. I'll have you back, Guaranteed. Bob. And Guaranteed. thank you again to uh, Frank Morano and the great team at 77 WABC. And by the way, you can check out, I'm sure on not only Frank's website and the WABC website, but Bob's as well. Bob's past appearances with Frank. Uh, I'm glad you do it at two in the morning. I do at 10 at night because, you know, you're better than I am. Steve, Not Mary, so. Bob, thank you so much. Hey, by the way, Lessons in Leadership continues right after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University. Showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Valley's all about making life easier for clients. And that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become homeowners. For folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs, for parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow, and for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too. Lessons in Leadership, Steve and Mary and the great team behind the scenes. Mary, Bob Wolf, who knew? I know. I, and again, Frank Morano, thank you so much, first of all, for recommending Bob. And what an important and timely topic, not only for you and I, Steve, but so many people watching and just helping to raise kids who are resilient, who can bounce back, who have grit. You and I have talked about that all the time. And how uh, the other day I texted Will just something out of the blue and he said, Will, your son over at Michigan my State? My son at Michigan wearing State. Wearing the green and white. Go green, go white. And he sent me just a picture of a helicopter. And I said, and then it hit me, he was calling me a helicopter mom. So it's a matter of uh, letting them spread their wings and finding their own way. Yeah, I'm working on that. Uh, <laughs> our son over at Fordham and every other day I'm texting, Nick, are you okay? Are you okay? Dad, I was okay until you texted me again. Leave me alone. I know. You want them so to hard. be happy. You want them. And then we sit there and go, why aren't they more resilient? Why don't they have more grit? Well, maybe because you're asking them every day, how you doing? Do you need anything? Anyway, that's another story. Mary, speaking of young people, particularly young women and leadership, set up this segment we're about to see with our friend uh, Christy from over at uh, Junior Achievement, a great yeah. organization. 
Yeah, she talks about just the importance of young women in particular um, entering STEM fields, getting into science, getting interested in those types of fields. Obviously, we need many more uh, women leaders in uh, the world today. And then she also talks about the virtual learning piece. Of course, as we're taping this in September, uh, most of our students are lucky enough to be back in person in school. We all know that it could be, you know, at a, at just a quick turn and they could be back, back virtually. And a lot of meetings are taking place virtually. So she just talks a lot about the obstacles and the challenges, but also the opportunities facing our students. Christy Budron? Yes, it is. Uh -huh. From Junior Achievement. Check it out. All about young women and leadership. We're pleased to welcome once again, Christy Bidron, who is Director of Education at Junior Achievement of New Jersey. Christy, good to see you. Glad to be back. Thank you, Steve. You got, by the way, as we put up the website for Junior Achievement, tell everyone what it is and why it's an important organization. Sure. Well, uh, Junior Achievement's been around for 100 years. And what we've been doing uh, for the past 100 years is connecting young people through adults as mentors and inspiring them to own their own economic success whether it's the um, financial literacy, career readiness, entrepreneurship. Um, and here in New Jersey, we've really been focused on um, building our state's economy, building that workforce pipeline, and inspiring and encouraging our young people to believe in their dreams and go get them. Now, Christy, this interview is being seen on the back end of a forum on women's leadership. So I'm curious about something, the, the Junior Achievement Women's Future Leadership Forums. What are those forums? And how do they teach and promote leadership? I mean, as a student of leadership, lessons in leadership is always looking at different ways of teaching and promoting leadership. But with young women, how do you do it? And how do you know you're doing it? It's all through mentorship. And it's about encouraging our young women to see what's possible, um, to get out of their comfort zone, to practice being comfortable to be uncomfortable. And seeing them with women who are achieving in fields that they're interested in. Um, here in New Jersey, as you know, we have um, so many STEM organizations, so many big finance companies, and sometimes it's hard for our young women that aspire to careers in those, in those organizations to really find mentors, especially mentors who can kind of talk to them at their level, um, who can really inspire them and let them see what, what is possible. Uh, we've held our Women's Future Leadership Forums um, in person for a number of years. And when COVID hit and schools closed, we really wanted to continue that opportunity for our young people. And so we, as many of our other organizations did, we reimagined, uh, we redeveloped the program and we made it into a weekly virtual series um, where every week we bring together students from all across New Jersey with mentors from companies across New Jersey in a way that builds communities, strengthens people, not just the students, but the women as well, where we have um, interesting topics, topics that are important for all of us to know, and then mentoring circles where we can all get together and talk about some of our goals, some of our challenges, and that our mentors in turn inspire our young people to really um, meet those goals and give them the tools and information that they need. I mean, let me follow up on this. You use one of my favorite expressions, and in my work coaching and teaching about leadership and communication, the importance of, quote, getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And I'm not going to get into a philosophical conversation about it, but, but it's important. And I'm curious as to what, is it, what it means to you. Like I'll often get people, I'll ask people on forums who don't expect to be asked to stand up and talk about an issue I know they care about or to tell us something about themselves. 
an opportunity for growth, et cetera, et cetera, what they've learned. And they'll say, I'm uncomfortable. And my response is, okay, get comfortable being uncomfortable. But what do you mean by it? Exactly. Uh, the same. That, that's the only way that we learn. We don't learn and we don't grow unless we get out of their comfort, unless you get out of your comfort zone. And that is really one of the main themes throughout this year-long academy. Uh, and that's really what the students seem to take away the most. And they appreciated that opportunity to step out of their comfort zones. And they didn't really realize how important it was until they had that opportunity. So for example, one of our sessions um, has the students create and present their own personal elevator pitch. And when we do that in a virtual setting, you, know, you could be in a small mentoring group with people that you've never met before. And all of a sudden you have to talk about yourself and talk about some kind of personal things. And for a lot of our students, you know, just turning their cameras on was, was a challenge. And just turning the camera, how about people who are 40 and 50 are saying, no, <laughs> I'd rather join the meeting, just yeah. no video, what? Exactly. Because I'm uncomfortable being on camera. You're talking about young, how, how young are the young women you're talking about right now? These students are all in high school. But so, you go even younger and push yeah. them and they're older. But I often say to people, you just think people will grow out of it in every case, just because they get older. That's not true. You need right. to be pushed. You, 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 you do, and exactly, you know, and, and with the way things have been going this year, we've learned, and I know you know this, is that one of the keys to leadership is courage. And with everything that's going on, these leaders that are rising to the top, these leaders that are meeting the challenge, um, they're finding courage. It takes a lot of courage to lead when things are difficult. And so that's another big takeaway that we teach our students, that um, leaders don't necessarily have to have big titles. They don't necessarily have to have huge followings or, or any of the other accolades that we generally assign to leaders. Right. It's all about having courage. And it's all about um, being there. Courage to what, Christy? Courage to make change. Courage mm -hmm. to make a difference. Courage to step outside that comfort zone. Courage to make decisions that sometimes make those around you not so clear. Exactly. exactly. And, and for us at Junior Achievement, you know, we had to really rethink the way we provided programs. Um, we had to move everything that we've had in person. We reached um, over, over almost 90,000 kids prior to the pandemic for, in our in-person learning, um, in, in classrooms, in businesses, and in our education center. And we knew that we needed to continue that even more now than ever, because our students need those life skills that they learned from junior achievement. They need that inspiration. So we spent uh, you know, the, the full year really focusing on how do, we make the, how do we make this virtual? How do we change this? And for us, it took a lot of courage and, and we had to learn a lot of new things. And, and we really were able to share that with our volunteer mentors. I mean, we had, for just for this program alone, we had uh, over 600 mentors, uh, men mentors who joined us for a session from companies and organizations across New Jersey. Um, and, and our volunteers really appreciate the opportunity to connect with students in a virtual setting. And for the, some of them, it was a change as well. Um, even our featured speakers, we had to kind of say, you know, we had to give them some coaching and let them know that it was going to be okay um, because it is it is a whole different world. Before I get, I get a minute left, can you tell me real quick about the Advanced Leadership Initiative? What is it and when is it kicking off? Right. So we have, and again, we've been reimagining this program since the beginning. So we, we envisioned having, you know, maybe two, 300 students participate. We ended, having, uh, ended up having over 3,000 participants throughout the year. 
And many of those students, they wanted more than just to sit and enjoy a virtual session. They wanted to do more. So we created an, a program where they could um, submit it like a capstone project. And then we're going to take those students, we had 126 students uh, take that extra step to become involved. So we're going to take that cohort of young women in New Jersey who are really poised to be our next generation of leaders and create something that's specific just for them that takes it a step further where they can share again what they've learned even with their younger peers. So next year, those students could be the mentors themselves to our students. Because as you know, we learn best from our peers. And that's where it's come, coming from. Hearing that student voice is so important. And we're trying to capture that as much. Hey, as a student of leadership, as a teacher of it, who's someone who makes mistake as a, mistakes as a leader every single day um, and tries to learn from that and teach others, cannot thank you enough, Christy, for the work that you and your colleagues at Junior Achievement in New Jersey are doing. Um, wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Steve. We appreciate the time. Hey, that was, uh, listen, Christy Bidron, Mary, biggest takeaway for you. Yeah, just the importance of encouraging and leading uh, young uh, women uh, today to get into specific fields regarding STEM and science and just being there as a support system, which is fantastic. Do you want to plug funders? I would love to. So Go. thank you so and thank you so much to all of our funders. Uh, we've got Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, Kessler Foundation, uh, Seton Hall University, and the Bacino Leadership Institute, Delta Dental of New Jersey, the North Ward Center. Thank you so much. And finally, but not least, the New Jersey Sharing Network. So really a lot of great company there. Absolutely. Real quick, I want to do something. I've been obsessed by this concept of winning as an old school expression from Vince Lombardi, who believe it or not, was uh, not only the Green Bay Packers coach when they won the Super Bowl, the first two Super Bowls, but he also went to Fordham. He was a, he was a, a guard, small guard. Um, why is this relevant? He had this expression that he used that became famous. Uh, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. And I keep thinking about leadership and winning. Mm -hmm. If winning is only defined as coming out on top, winning the Super Bowl, winning the Stanley Cup, our good friend Kenny Danico is gonna join us, uh, formerly of the Devils and now a broadcaster. Is winning Mary coming out on top, winning another Emmy Award in broadcasting, doing whatever, is that the only way you define leadership success? No, I think it really has to do with your personal definition of winning. Winning for someone maybe who is just out looking for a job, winning may be getting a job. It may be just that simple act of, hey, it may not be a full-time job at the level that I want it to be, but you need to, to, to define what winning means to you and then be satisfied with that. I think too often we compare ourselves. It's always keeping up with the Joneses and what is my sister doing? What is my friend doing? And we need to define and get confident in what meaning means to us. And I think that will help all of us to be a lot happier. Got a minute left. I'm going to win by ending the show on time. Hey, how do you win by losing? Because I've said before, I lost my seat in the legislature, got fired mm -hmm. by NBC, yep. MSNBC, how about ABC, 2002, yeah. October, they said, listen, leave the building. We don't need mm -hmm. you back. That's not even a joke. 70, yeah. It's the Channel 7 in New York. Uh, Channel 2, CBS, they were like, nah, we don't need yeah. you anymore. I lost a lot. Yeah. But how did I wind up, I don't mean me, but how did yeah. we wind up winning by losing? Well, I'm a huge country music fan, and every country music song talks about the fact that sometimes you want to thank God for unanswered prayers, because sometimes you may think you want something, but when you fall down and pick yourself up, you may not always get what you want, but you get what you need at a specific time in life. 
And by losing, it does help us to learn from those mistakes and then apply those to the next situation. So then you can create a win, whatever that looks like for you. By the way, you just quote a country music, uh, the great quote, you may not get what you want, but sometimes you get what we need. Comes That's from the Rolling Island. Stones. That's no, what no, I'm no. just saying. It's the I Rolling Stones. I started with country. The first was the Garth Brooks reference. Then it went to the Rolling Stones. That was not by accident. I am aware. But some people like country music. Some people like good music. I like both. You decide. No, I'm just saying, Mary. <laughs> Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba, the great team behind the scenes. Lessons in leadership. We'll see you next time. Garth Brooks. <laughs> This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Valley's all about making life easier for clients. And that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become homeowners. For folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs. For parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow. And for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too. <laughs>